Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization and it's that People make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart. Uh, they might make you laugh. And they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. Hi everyone. Today on the podcast, you're gonna meet Shala Ladle. Now, Shala and I didn't know each other super well before having this conversation, and I learned a lot about her through it. And since I had this conversation with her, I've been thinking a lot about something she said. And she went through a major transformation in her life, as you'll hear in her story. And one of the things she said was that she decided that when she woke up each day, she would decide that this is the first day of the rest of her life. And I just think that that's just absolutely incredible. And so I just wanted to highlight that before we got started, because we all have that choice. We can make that choice. And I think that that's really, really incredible and really beautiful that we as human beings can do that. And she is just this beautiful example of that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited to... Uh just have a conversation with you. So we actually don't even know each other that well. Yeah. We met each other a few times, but um, I'm super inspired by you. And so I was asking the leaders in your store a little bit about your story. And then I said, hey, do you think Shella would like talk to me on the podcast? And so I'm super excited to have you here because I just think 
I think you're a beautiful person and I think you have an amazing story uh, to share. So I'm, I'm super excited to dive into it with you today. So I thought maybe we could just start with you introducing yourself to the listeners, um, who you are, where you live, what you do, just really some basics and then we'll dive in from there. For sure. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is my first podcast. I'm super excited and nervous, I guess, at the same time. But uh, I'm Shala. I am a mom of a nine-year-old. He's going to be 10 here in less than 25 days. So that's got me all worked up. Um, I am I'm a server at Original Joe's. Love, love, love it there. It's literally like my family. I'm also a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, I absolutely love food. Food is everything to me. And I went through a little fitness journey myself when my son was born. And I watched him struggle for his life for like 87 days. So I was watching him in his little incubator and I'm like, this child can like fight for life that he doesn't even know what he's fighting for. I'm like, I think I should just like recheck myself here. And Mm -hmm. like, I have a little one now to like look after. So after those days went home and I just put myself on, like I wrote the first day of the rest of my life, I wrote this down and I just never looked back. So 2011, and then I went through like ups and downs and on my own and with some help and I lost a hundred pounds. Wow. And so with that, I fell into fitness and nutrition and I just want to help people now see that you can do it. If you put your mind to it, like you can do it. I never, ever thought I would ever be here. But of course, we're going to think that when we're at a state of mind of just negative and unhappy. So like, why step forward? Well, I just, I love the the quote of like small steps forward. Like we don't live behind us. We live, we live what's in front of us, right? So don't, don't dwell, just keep going. But anyways, that's a long blurb about me. Um, yeah. Oh, and then I also sell activewear. Like I'm just this busy mama. (laughs) You are a busy mama. Yeah. Yeah. I often think like if we let our past define us, we're, we're boxing ourselves in because the future is really infinite. Right. And, um, I don't know. I just think that that's a really cool way to think. Um, can I back up to your son? I don't know much about him. What happened with him when he was born? So, uh, my son, I got pregnant and pregnancy was fine. And all of a sudden the one ultrasound appointment came back to the doctor, doctor called and said like, we need to see you in Edmonton. I was like, okay, why? Well, it doesn't look like your baby's growing. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And so went in and yeah, it's looking like he's not growing. I'm, I'm said weeks, but the baby looks like it's at least like six weeks behind. Like it's not matching up. Something's not right. They were like, oh, it's looking like maybe your placenta, your placenta is not giving the baby the proper nutrients and, and whatnot. Uh, they were like, okay, we have to plan a C-section. You have, we have to let the baby, like we have to take the baby out. And I was like, okay, we do what we have to do. And so then we planned it and he came at 32 weeks and he, what they thought was going to be like one pound. 
So he planned C-section. He comes um, August 2nd, 2011 at 3.22. And that was so scary. Like, first of all, like C-section moms, like, yes, like I give that to you. Like, I mean, giving birth normally too, ah, naturally, ouch, but <laughs> like, just yeah. saying C-section, like, it's just, it's a whole nother thing. It's terrifying. But, uh, so then like this story can get pretty crazy. So then I am Caden comes out quickly, just on my chest, quick, quick. And then off to the umbilical cord. Right. Yeah. Then they fix me up, take me to the recovery room and the doctor comes in while I'm in the recovery room with a bunch of other people. And is like, ma'am, like, we're, we're just, we're sorry. We just don't know what you had. I'm like, excuse me. And I'm still like out of it, right? Morphine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, excuse me, what do you need? And they're like, well, we just like, we're just not sure. And I'm like, okay. So remember 322 was when he was born. I did not wake up until 10 PM. So Caden was already like, obviously in the NICU. Yeah. He was there whatever, but like it was, so I go up there finally in a, in a wheelchair. I puked on the way up there. Like it was just the whole scene go up there. Well, Caden was two pounds, six ounces was when he was born. That's how tiny he was. He was 14 inches long. So just over a foot, like his little hand would like squeeze around like our pinky. And just like, it was, he was just so precious and seeing him for the first time. We would kangaroo care him all the time. And so that was just skin to skin. Yeah. And that would like the connection, like would just help heal him. And it really, it did. Like it was day two that he got off of the CPAP and just had nose prongs for breathing. And so that was like a miracle pretty much. But then also a week into that, Caden got neck infections. So that was a stomach infection. So we couldn't feed him for a week. So then I couldn't even breastfeed because that just didn't keep going. And then it was 87 days in the hospital. I lived at the Ronald McDonald house. Oh my goodness. So that's the story case. So anyways, um, he's like a little miracle baby. He definitely is. He, we waited a long time out to get out of the hospital because he, the car seat test, you have to keep your head up and right. his head was substantially bigger than his body. His head grew at what my weeks were, but his body was delayed. Like it was just, it was crazy. Um, so that being said, tests go later and later and later. And it was six January, I think of 2012, we found out Caden's diagnosed with Russell silver syndrome. So that is a slow growth. Okay. That is why Caden was growing slower inside me. He didn't stop growing. He was just growing slower. And so researching all of that is scary AF, like very scary. Uh, But Caden, he is like a very minor, minor dose of that. Lots of kids can't walk. Lots of kids need feeding tubes, like, and I don't know. I'm going to say it as a miracle that he came out early. Yeah. I feel like if he would have stayed in, maybe there would have been more complications. Right. I don't know. I just, that's just the way I'm going with it. And I mean, there's so much to the story, I guess even backtrack it. We had to wait a week to find out what the sex was. 
Because he was so underdeveloped. Yep. So wow. he was, right, we're all born so girls. And then yeah. he was at the stage where he was changing. Yeah. And so we had to wait a week. People were actually quite cruel. <laughs> People that you thought like loved you, they were just like, why won't you tell us? And I was just like stunned. I was like, this happens to like people like in magazines like you don't read this stuff this doesn't happen yeah. to you yeah I think um <clears throat> it's interesting because if we don't do the work ourselves right and learn who we are and how we want to show up in the world when things get hard people don't know how to show up and they struggle and so yes. I find when I'm in that moment because my husband suffered a brain injury right and so I kind of went through a lot of that and lost a lot of friends that we thought we had and a lot of things changed and it was just like but we haven't changed right like our circumstances changed but and and then I got to a point where I just got super empathetic towards those people because I just said oh I just really hope one day you can like figure it out because we've had to (laughs) like we're like thrust into it right and and you have been thrust into it um, and I think it's a more beautiful way to live, but I, I'm not sure if you haven't had that experience or done the work, you know how to respond. I would say I agree. Like even going deeper into like before Caden was even born, not to get too much about my personal life, but like even when my parents, they got divorced, that was a hard hit in the face in life, like a hard, because my brother was in grade 11. My other brother. So they're all younger. I have two brothers. Um, so the youngest was in grade 11 and the other one just moved into college and Mm -hmm. I was 20. Mm -hmm. And so I was forced at that time really to go and live with my boyfriend at the time who eventually turned into my husband and Caden's dad. But, um, (laughs) I was forced into that. And then my dad and my brother, things didn't go great. So then I took my little brother in and I was just like, you listen here, you're living in my house. You are going to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) So then I felt like I was forced at 20, 21 practically right away um, to be a parent and, you know, make sure my brother had a great life. And so he went through grade 11, which was tough. He went through grade 12. And the great thing, this is when life just gets like so crazy, but like December 25th. So Christmas day of 2007. Yeah. So grade 12 Christmas, I'm cooking breakfast. And then all of a sudden I said to my brother, the one that was in college, I said, where's, where's Derek? Like, where is he? And he's just like, oh, I think I heard him leave. And I'm like, oh, where'd he go? He's like, um, I think he said something like the hospital. I was like, hello. And so then I'm like, hi, like what's going on? Like breakfast is ready. And he's like, um, just up at the hospital. And I'm like, why? And he's like, well, if you want to come up, you can meet your niece. I'm like, huh? Pardon me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like you guys went just get an ultrasound done on Christmas day. That's interesting. He's like, no, if you want to come up, you can literally meet her. Cause she's here. Oh my was- God. I'm what? And so I go up there just fuming, right? I was just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I go up there and yeah, my niece, Alexa, she was born. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was very crazy. Uh, they're 
happily married and they have a boy now too. So like, <laughs> um, but the crazy cool thing too, is they both graduated. Oh, that's awesome. That's still so that and like, they're doing amazing things in their life. So super proud of them. Do they still so, live yeah. in with you? Yeah, they live here in Whiteport. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So my niece and nephew and Caden, they can all play. That's Again, super cool. My nephew also, his birthday is a day after Caden's. So <laughs> you're younger. <laughs> so you just have parties all the time. <laughs> yeah, they, we have actually, yeah, we've joined them all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So that's the, that's. The, right like it yeah. started I'm like it started there and so I've yes we've all we all live this this we all breathe the same air but we all live a different life mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm like so so like deep when it's like just be kind because we're all living different things and you have no idea what that person has been through and it does make us, most of us all stronger. Some of us go and use that as anger, but I just look at that as like, I needed to go through that to become the person that I am. Yeah. And I'm kind of hearing that like in the, in the start of the story, when you started talking and you're talking about how you said, what did you say? Today's the first day or today I start. First day of my life. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like that's an interesting journey. And so how did you. So a lot of people will say things like that, but then not necessarily stick with it and decide that this truly is the first day of the rest of my life. I'm curious how you stuck with it. And I'm curious what kept you like motivated. And, and I'm also curious if you say that every day, because it really could If be. I say that in the beginning, for sure I did. In the beginning, probably the first year. I love my books. I'm like a freak when it comes to all of these books that I write everything down. I'm also old school that way. Like I need to physically write it. I don't, I think it's because when I write it, I read it in my head. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right? Like I, I say it out loud in my head. You could do the same thing as you type, but I just still physically like to write. I don't know what it is. I think there's huge power in it. I agree with you. I write every day. For me, um, was Caden literally like it was watching him fight through so much like there was a time like I have a cross on my wrist that I got tattooed on me there was a time where he was in the hospital and the doctor came to us saying that um his one testicle like it will not descend like we can't seem to find it or it it was something I was like we have to take it like we have to find it take it because it's not dropping so anyways I went to the church the chapel in the hospital and I bawled. I cried. I literally lost every shred of strength at that moment. I was just like, I'm done. I'm, I cried and cried and cried and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then I went back to be like, all right, like we have to do what we have to do. Right. And we don't have to do it anymore. We found it. So it was just really crazy. He did eventually have to go for multiple surgeries, watching him in the incubator fighting for his life is what kept running through my head. And I would like what I would stay with him at the hospital. So I would leave the Ronald McDonald house. I didn't have a vehicle. I would get on the bus at six in the morning, go there as early as I can. And I would stay there until the latest I could, because even as the mother, you still have to leave when visitation is done. And I was like, all right, so now I'm going back to the Ronald McDonald house 
with my child, like the eight hours or 10 hours or whatever it is that I will not be there. And I just, it sickened me. So I journaled every single day. I journaled while I was beside him, like his weight, what he did, just like I journaled every single day, 87 days. And so I think that actually built my strength up because I'm just like, wow, like he's watching his progress, watching his progress. And I'm like, he can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Well, if he can do it, you know, like I can do it. And so every time I did that, like the first day of the rest of my life, I'd write my measurements, my weights, and then I would log my food every day. I wrote this down. So that kept me going. And what I did was I started with Weight Watchers and with Weight Watchers was cool. And I really do recommend that. Or what I do with nutrition, the portion control, because it's the same thing. Um, with Weight Watchers, I lost 35 pounds in three weeks. And so, or three oh. weeks, sorry, three months. Let's replace okay. three months. Um, <laughs> That's a real Weight Watchers program. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, wow it's possible. You can actually lose weight. This works. And so then I stopped Weight Watchers because it was like a three month promo. And then I just followed clean eating. And then I got like a fitness coach. And so I started putting fitness in there. I started with nutrition and then fitness. And I was like, okay, so I built my strength up and then I got on a meal plan with her. And then I came across Beach Body which I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard. Mm-hmm. And I became a coach for Beachbody. And at this time before Beachbody, I had lost already 45 pounds and going into um, Beachbody, I became a PIO instructor, which is a Pilates and yoga instructor, uh, certified through there, um, which is so cool because it's just body weight and I absolutely love it. And you can take that on any vacation. And then um, I got into portion control which is nutrition and the 21 day fix was a workout that went with it. And so then I got certified with portion controlling because the nutrition aspect, like, does just like, I absolutely, this is why I love OJs. I love making people feel good through food. Mm. This is why I love food. You're hitting on something really important because I think a lot of people go through this journey, right? Especially us women, right? Our bodies change. And then all of a sudden we're like, Whoa, what happened? Right. And, and for me, like I've gone through numerous uh, ups and downs in my life. And the most recent one was through COVID when everything changed. And all of a sudden I was just sitting and it was like, one day I was like, Holy shit. I'm like 20 pounds heavier. And like, that was like really shocking to Uh. me. And, and so I had a little bit of a heart attack about it and then it wasn't that easy to get rid of it. Right. Like, and I'm still working on it right now. Like I still, I'm only about halfway there, but so it takes a lot of time to work on that. And so I think what you're talking about bringing this like nutrition in and the fitness piece, I think you have to work on both of these pieces to really see the success you want to see in your life. Do you think food is a key over fitness? hundred percent. Like food is a hundred percent. I'm strongly believing 85 to 90%, hundred percent. So for example, like I started my nutrition business, soulful nutrition is what it's called. And I started that May, I think it was May, June, June. It was started in June. It's been actually a work in progress, but June is when I pumped it out and it's, it's slowly coming, but I have a couple of clients. So like what I will do is I will do 
uh, nutrition coaching, meal plans. Like you can do the whole package. You can do like a one month with me. You can do a three month with me, or I can just make you a meal plan. And I work with you directly and I figure out like what you like and what you don't like and your, your triggers, your, all the things I just deep down dive. And then you get emails from me and it's just really cool because the customers, like the clients, I should say, like these amazing people, like they're so dedicated. I love it because like I am right beside you. I will be right beside you. You get me as a text, you get me as an email, you get me however, and I will be beside you to guide you through. If you're about to eat that chocolate bar, like I want you to message me. Like, I want you to be like, I'm about to eat this and I will be right beside you, throwing it in the garbage. Like I, I want to make sure you have that chocolate bar, but I'm going to give you a healthier recipe then. Cause if it's your trigger is like, I'm going to keep grabbing these chocolate bars every time I get gas. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you this chocolate bar recipe and now you have it ready at home, whatever granola bar recipes. What is it that triggers you? Is it chips? Like salt. Salt is a little bit of a harder one because those are easier grab and go things, but I can give you um, better options to grab then that is still at the store. If you want to go out for a restaurant, but you just don't know how to eat, like these are the things that I want to help you with because it's really easy habits that you can implement in your life. And the thing that I love coaching about is you being mindful about your food. Mm -hmm. So sit down at the dinner table, eat your food. Do not play on your phone. Put your phone away. We are so guilty for that. And I am telling you right now, I am a hundred percent guilty for that. A hundred, like 120% because I'm like, I'm sitting down. I need to do something. Get connected with your food because then in your portions, your plate, you'll eat your food. It'll hit your stomach. And you won't want, you will have no cravings from there. Right. I noticed this because like a month ago I was eating food and I was watching a movie and it was my portion controlled portion, like food, my meal, I was eating it all. And then I was like, oh, I don't even remember eating that. I was like, oh, uh, now I'm hungry. And you're left wanting more, right? Cause you didn't pay attention. Yeah. Not connected there. So my stomach is like, okay, well, what else can you give me? Let's go find some sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. so crazy. The connection, like it is strong. It's a strong. So, okay. So we have lots of hospitality listeners, right? And so we work in an industry where it's actually really, that's hard. Like you swing by the fry plate that's left, <laughs> left out. Like, what do you suggest for servers doing this right now and trying to like control what they eat? And well, masks were a help. Masks were a help. <laughs> I was like, girl, I think I'm losing weight. I don't think we can quality check anymore. And she was just like, nope, nope, we're losing, we're all losing weight. Yeah, also because we couldn't breathe. So we're just like, yeah, yeah. Suffocating is what But that was like a real thing. And some of my big fluctuations through my life were like the times in the industry when I was working crazy hours, closing all the time. You know, you work five to two. And you barely get dinner. Right. And for me, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is terrible. But I used to get like the crash. So I'd pour myself a Coke and I would like slam a Coke and get all the sugar in me. Boom. I was good. (laughs) good. That's what a lot of girls do. All of a sudden they drink ginger ale and I'm like, Mm -hmm. 
those aren't like good life habits though. And so like, just like, like, yeah, let's offer something up for servers right now. Cause I think you have lots of great knowledge. What would you suggest for a server working at an eight, 10, 12 hour shift to get through that without having those highs and lows and those spikes? And I would say if you, that. if you can bring grabbable things like for mm-hmm. food wise, like cut up fruits and vegetables, nuts, nuts are good energy, throw some nuts in your mouth, chew them up quick while you're in the back, better than fries, like way better than fries, obviously have lots of water. So you said, you know, you love hospitality, you love connecting through food. What is it do you, you think that keeps you in the industry and keeps you working at Joe's? Because uh, we've got lots of stuff going on. I'm gonna say you're busy. A lot of people <laughs> ask me that. Well, first of all, like it's it's a good social. That's mm. for sure. It's 100 a good social. When uh, this August will be three years there. Wow. I awesome. did take a last year leave, so it wasn't three years in total. But I did take a March to November leave, and then yeah, I went back. Like. I, I just was just like, I need to go back. Like when I started with OJs, what made me walk through the door was a hundred percent scared person. I was scared. Like I was very like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. You worked in the industry before? I did at one place and I messed up one table and they fired me. Oh no. So I was traumatized. I was 15. Very empathetic. I was 16 years old too. Oh and I was like, man. Okay. Those are problems um, you don't forget either. No. Yeah. But then when I went in there, I was with my whole family, like my mom, my auntie, my mom lives in Mexico. So she was up there with me and she, my kid, my nephew, cousins, like we were all in the vehicle together and I was just dropping off some resumes because I just left a long relationship. And so I was starting from the ground and I was like, I need yeah. to start somewhere. I don't know what to do. And so then I was walked in through, walked to the original Joe's walked in the door and then Ellen was there and she's just like chatting away with me and first time meeting her. And I gave her a resume. She's like, well, we're not looking right now, but like, I'll definitely keep your resume. And I was just like, thank you. Turn around. She's like, actually, let's go have a seat. Do you have a moment right now? And I was just like, yeah, I do have a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was just literally, I was like, mom, just go to Walmart. <laughs> I'll be so, out in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So then we went and sat up there and sat up there, sat up at the table and chatted. And she asked me about me and my story. I talked to her and we both cried, oh. we cried on our, on this interview that I was having. And it was just so like honestly so uplifting and I just instantly felt like I was just like I feel like I belong somewhere like I feel like I finally belong somewhere and so I was just like all right so I started then and I was like okay and I just love 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 the fact that we are so close as a family like we have this group chat going consistently consistently making sure that everybody is okay. If anybody needs a shift, like we're all there for each other. Not one person is left out. Mm. So like that's, that's like I have such a strong connection with everybody there. Kitchen, front of house, absolutely everybody there. I think that's beautiful. Isn't Ellen just like a master interviewer? 
she got so passionate about that and she just yeah Yeah. I've watched her just blow people's minds (laughs) in interviews she's incredible and Ellen has incredible stories and I'm trying to get her to come on the podcast so we should be like Ellen you know it's time you came on the podcast (laughs) so what do you tell me okay so let's go to the other side so what do you not like about the hospitality industry what's tough for you in it um what would be tough? I don't know if this is the like, right answer. If there is a right answer or not, but it would be the hard people, yeah. people that are difficult. Um, because I, I don't want to like, I don't feel like I want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm just like, just always just this happy, positive. I just, I'm like, I'm not a negative person. And so to deal with somebody that is so hard, like an experience we had just a couple of weeks ago, we were just slammed at the restaurant and we didn't have enough staff and we did our best that we could do. And I just feel like as this, like a nice kind human, you would just see mm-hmm. people would just see that, you know, like if the door is lined up inside and the patio, everything's busy. Like the bar is busy. The kitchen's busy. Like we are literally like, hi, should we just like put a pause on life right now? Just so we can catch up like Sonic. We need your help here. <laughs> and so people were like so mean. Yeah. So mean, Allie, that like Matea and I looked at each other and like, we were both just like, don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> don't cry. And she's like, if I'm in the office, don't come. I was like, okay. Um, uh, just, and then you have to like, go over top of that right like just to mm-hmm. make sure that they're they're happy no matter what but when they override that even to try and be rude and mean it's just really hard to deal with I would say I struggle ish there because I just don't want to I, I'm not a mean person I, I won't do anything but it's just it's hard to deal with mean people yeah yeah I always struggled with that too and I think it's like again, I get it. Like they're kind of in their own space and like came in looking for an experience that they didn't get. So I get it, (laughs) you know? And the one thing I always say about restaurants is like, there's so much room um, for fluctuation and even error because it's a human business. It's not like we're just like transacting like Walmart through a cashier like that experience is rarely going to go awry there are so many factors at play for us and so I think um remembering that always kind of helped me but yeah I I'm totally with you because you just some people you just can't like you just can't even swing them back right they're just too far gone I remember a lady once in my early days, same thing, really busy, not enough team on. And I was like brand new general manager. And, um, I think there's only like two of us in the restaurant field in Terwilliger. And anyway, this lady sat down with her son and I was like, we're really busy. You know, I was like really honest with her, but her food took like 40 minutes and I kept coming back and apologizing. And I was just in this almost panicked state myself at that point where I wasn't, you know, and I remember she got up and she was like, this was the worst service ever. And I just stood there like tears pouring down my face. And I was like, but I get it. Right. Like she came in for an experience. And so like, I don't know, I don't know what we, what we do. We just continue to try to get better. And we hope that we can share that empathy with the world back and forth. But 
um, I think it's part of our industry and it's going to kind of always happen when there are expectations, right? Sure. You know, the Tony Robbins quote, he says, trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole world will change. Have you ever heard that? Nope, I, love, I it. love it. I keep it in my office because I think it's like so important because I always have like, as a leader, I always have expectations of people too. And yeah. sometimes I need to check myself on that, you know, and I, I just find that a really powerful quote that I just try to keep, keep close. Cause I think it brings, it brings some, I don't know, what would you say? Mindfulness back to the situation, yeah. some presence back. Like, being like, yeah, yeah. yeah this, this isn't as important as I'm making it out to be. <laughs> I mean, you'll come across really nice people, like my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Let's let's just actually say that if you work in a good restaurant, that the the negative people, like they are a very small percentage compared to they're the people, the people that are much. just driving through your town. Totally. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Like or not I, in regulars in the city or whatever, right? No, so. And you want to know what? I mean, every restaurants going to have these irregulars, right? But Frick, when we had to be just on the patio and it was pouring rain and we still showed up, obviously, because we were like, yes, like our small town, like our community is absolutely beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. we had people come and obviously the chairs would be wet and they would bring cushions and they'd bring (laughs) umbrellas, they'd bring blankets, they'd bring like all the things to come and have an OJ's blonde. Like, oh, that's super it. cool. <laughs> I've always like always said I love White Court. It's like one of my favorite towns to come to when I was like traveling around a lot yeah. to all of you guys. So it was awesome there. Really, um, the people are really nice. Like that day that we had a sh- like a crazy day um, at the store a couple weeks ago. Uh, one customer, I just got on shift, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's sitting in my section." It was, it was two customers, and I went over there. And I was just like, and I was just like, "I know it's you guys. This food's not here yet." Cause they weren't my table. Right. But they were in my section. So I'm just checking on them. And, uh, they were like, thank you so much for coming and recognizing that we didn't have our food, but no, we're good. I was just like, I will just, I will go check. And like literally went to the kitchen and like, like it was like a couple minutes, Matea brought their food. And at the end of this, this was the crazy, crazy, whatever. He comes up to the bar he says, I want to talk to the manager. And Matea was there. And he's like, I just want to say, like, you guys are doing a fabulous job. Uh, yeah. And then and like, literally so when like we're all feeling like we're crashing, we're like, we're melting, we're done, we're done. This guy came and just uplifted all of our spirits. He came and found me on the other side of the restaurant and was like, thank you for acknowledging us. I was just like, uh, so I was like, thank you. <laughs> That's what makes it all worthwhile, right? I think that's actually a good segue into people make the world beautiful. So um, obviously that's a big part of our organization, right? And something we talk a lot about and um, I love it. I think it's, I think it's incredible. And so I always try to ask anybody that's on the podcast to share a people make the world beautiful story. So um, for, for reference, it's a story that has maybe touched your heart or you've seen touch somebody else's through hospitality. So I'm wondering if there's one you'd like to share today with the listeners. Um, I think this can fall in place, but I was just a part of a fitness challenge 
Does this fall into place, yeah, you think? I love this story, yeah. So we were trying to raise money and awareness for a local nonprofit organization in town here, Soaring Eagle. And they, and I know them personally, are such humble, humble humans. Like they are doing this out of, like they don't get paid to do this. This is like, they get no help whatsoever and they are helping the homeless get back on their feet and be like a positive influence in society, in this society. Like they, they are helping give them all the resources that they need to get back on their feet. So we did this fitness challenge and we did an hour, raised money and awareness. And like just on the side of the street, just people driving by $600 donation in total. We got, I was just like, this is amazing. Like people are just like, yes, like I want to help. Like, I just, yeah, I was humbled by that. I think that's so cool. And so like, they kind of like called you out to come do it, right? <laughs> they did. They freaking did. They called me out and they like red rovered me over. So <laughs> I had to choose a workout and I did squats for one hour. How many squats did you do? 1,508. <gasps> oh my God. Could you even walk after that? I was like, you guys, I'm scared. I literally didn't drop a beat. I, when they said go, I squatted. Christina was there watching me videoing me getting the team to cheer me on in OJ's and then Marcel was there she was cheering me on and I'm just like oh my god thank you guys so much (laughs) but I didn't stop I even stopped and I like I I held like a little pulse squat I was like I actually could have kept going wow and I didn't want I had somebody counting my squats for me I was like I can't I can't count in my head yeah And, and then we had a girl there doing burpees she did 780 burpees oh my god (laughs) and then (laughs) we had um a guy doing skipping and he did 8,000 8,000 skips and then people were bidding um there was one guy that bid on his skipping and 10 cents a skip so there was 800 bucks (laughs) holy smokes (laughs) <laughs> that's super cool that's actually a really fun way to raise some money I love that so cool, right? I think that's cool that's and Soaring cover. Eagle I really like yeah I got uh the first kind of interaction or realization ahead of them was that Christmas when you guys did that live concert yes. Yes. was that Christmas or Val- oh, it was Valentine's I was like, yeah, Valentine's. Valentine's, You guys did that live concert on Facebook and it was so good. And yeah. And that was when I kind of like looked into them. I was like, this is like really, really amazing. So huge shout out for sure to Soaring Eagle. They do, they need more awareness and yeah. Yeah. They're doing amazing things. And you know, like you're talking about this, you just be a kind human. You're surrounding yourself with kind humans. So I think that that's beautiful too. So I agree. 100%. 100%. I agree. You, you are the decision of your life. So you create the life that you want. So that's why when I have certain negative people in my life, I actually have to sit there and say, does this person serve any goodness in my life? I think that's so important because I think a lot of people think that their life is already set out for them, or it's like a go with the flow kind of thing, but we really do. Yep. We really do get to choose, which I think, I think is beautiful when you realize it, right? I yeah. think so too. It's even if you're in a horrible relationship, like it's maybe it's not even a horrible relationship, but just maybe it's a relationship that is just not serving you anymore. We have this one life, right? Yeah. 
just, I truly believe that everybody deserves to live it the way they want. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Shala, what are you grateful for in your life right now? My son. Yeah. My son and freedom. I feel like, I feel like I have the freedom of choice to choose my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I literally wake up every day happy. It's so like I do. I wake up every day happy. I don't know how else to explain that. I'm like, and then Caden will wake up crank- cranky and then I'll just sing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not a great singer, <laughs> but I just, I, I'm just grateful for life. I'm yeah. grateful for the life that I have been creating for my son and I. Yeah. And that energy, uh, it comes off of you. And I think it's, I think that's really, really incredible and really remarkable. And, and I want to say to you that, uh, for people listening and they're like, uh, cause people do this to me too. So you might resonate with this, but they're like, oh, you're just like always so positive and uh-huh. happy. And I'm like, I have to work at that. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. <laughs> I'm not this like eternal optimist. I have shitty days too. It's a choice. And so I choose to show up and be happy and try to enjoy the minutes that I have. And you're doing that. And I just think that that, yeah, I'm just love it. Love this conversation. It was incredible. I love it too. And I love that you said that it's a choice because hundred percent it's a choice. So in closing, what, what thoughts would you like to leave with the listeners thoughts from Shala? <laughs> what are your thoughts on this conversation or life? How would you like to end this? Um, I would say, ask yourself like what your desired outcome in life is mm-hmm. really think about that, sit with that and just reflect your life. I say like, I like to start my day with an intention. I like to write like a to-do list. I, that's what I've been starting with. And if you have a side business, like I do as well, do some power hours. That's something that I've been really doing. Cause I like that. So I would just say, start with your day with the intention, make sure that you put at least a 30 minute effort into yourself a day, whether, and that's, I mean, with a movement, I personally like to clear my head that way. So either you want to work out, you want to go for a walk, be outside with the kids, like do whatever it is that just make sure you're doing it for you. Yeah. And enjoy your life. Let it, like sit back and enjoy your life. Beautiful. Well, that's a wrap everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you. And to that, I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then. Thank you.